0: Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football.
1: Inside 10. Five is going in. Touchdown. Got around me from 45 yards out. This
0: is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen helping Utah families for over 30 years, and by Ken Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's action, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented
2: by Mountain America Credit Union. Tonight, the 4-0 and 14th ranked BYU Cougars are in South Texas to battle the Cougars of Houston. I'm in our BYU radio studios in beautiful Provo, Utah, joining me from TDECU Stadium. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Former BYU quarterback, our radio analyst, he is Riley Nelson. Riley, it's another Friday night and it's another BYU football game.
3: Yeah, and I feel blessed to be down here in Houston where they have uh, greeted us with a nice little 30-degree temperature drop. (laughs) It's in the low 60s, and little known fact, well, at least for me, my first time visiting Houston, I guess when you live in the place where they refine all of the oil, your gas prices are $1.59 a gallon in 2020. I thought those prices were long gone, but uh, no, glad to be here and ready for some Cougar football.
2: Without question, and it is the Cougars versus the Cougars. The Cougars in blue are 4-0 for the first time since 2014. Their win over UTSA last week wasn't the blowout that we had seen in the previous three games, but against a better team in Houston, I don't know, maybe, is that a good thing, Riley?
3: Most definitely. It, it took any kind of like inflated ego out of themselves, allowed the coaches a lot of good film to look at to get these guys motivated to improve and to get up for what is the biggest game of this season thus far. Before
2: the Cougars in blue face the Cougars in red, let's get to the things you need to know number one so was BYU's closer than expected victory last week just a blip on the radar or did the Roadrunners give other teams a blueprint on how to make things difficult for the Cougars and Riley one thing we certainly saw that we hadn't seen very much in the previous three games was much more pressure on quarterback Zach Wilson he was flushed out of the pocket quite a bit and obviously Uh, a quarterback on the run not that uh, we haven't seen him be extremely accurate but uh, certainly you want to get a quarterback on the run to see if you can maybe make him make a mistake not saying that Zach made mistakes but he certainly looked a little more uncomfortable than what we had seen in the previous games.
3: Yeah, whenever you can flush a quarterback out of the pocket, it, even if they are good on the run, it just naturally uh, starts cutting down the field, right? Because you have to turn your body, you lose vision to a half of the field, and as you head to the sideline away from the rush, it limits your opportunities unless you want to throw back against the defense, which we know is a cardinal sin. But uh, he, he, despite all that, pr- all that pressure and all him moving around, Zach did a good job displaying his athleticism, still was not sacked. Uh, the, both of the defensive ends here for Houston had a great... Uh, game last week, applying pressure, and the two of them tallying up. uh, So Peyton Turner and David uh, Amenai, both uh, they tallied up three sacks between them, uh, so I expect them to try and heat up Zach again here tonight, but uh, not let him out so easily and try and get him on the ground.
2: Yeah, we'll get into Houston. It's an interesting case study when you look at this team and the fact that they've only played one game. We'll get to that in a second. Today will actually be the first road game the BYU Cougars since the Navy game back on September 7th. Everything else, now they would have had another road game had the game at Army been played. Obviously, that game was postponed slash canceled. We'll find out as the season progresses. Uh, but today will be the first game that BYU will play in front of fans. I know Houston had... At least they were allowing 10,000 in the game against Tulane, their very first game uh, a week ago. This is the third game in this series. BYU has taken the first two matchups. This game was originally scheduled to be played in Provo, so this wasn't even going to be a road game for BYU. This game was going to be played at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, but Houston asked to switch the home and road games in this series due to travel issues with COVID-19. BYU said sure. I guess the benefit for that is... BYU can go on the road and then by the time Houston returns the favor back to Provo, certainly we would expect in the next couple of years for everything with COVID to die down and things should be back to normal and BYU can take advantage of 63,000 BYU fans in the stands.
3: Yeah, no, it's a great deal, and um, everybody's talking about this being winter weather, so I think 59 in Houston is the equivalent of about (laughs) 9 in Provo. Get your parkas on. Yeah, it's the equivalent of 9 degrees in Provo. Anyway, I say that to say that this... cold weather and i'm using air quotes for houston folks might keep a few of them home with this game being on espn but we know cougar nation always shows out our our flight was probably 75 or 70 percent coming out here uh yesterday 70 percent people coming out to houston uh to to attend the game. not to mention all the houston area byu fans that uh, i know will show out so it'd be interesting to see the split but uh, the chance to play in front of fans for the first time this season is one I know the players are looking forward to.
2: And as we mentioned, Houston, they are 1-0 and after playing their very first game last week. In fact, the Houston Cougars, they had five season opening games that were either canceled or postponed before playing last Thursday. They, they played Tulane. They're in Houston. They won 49-31. The interesting part about that game was Houston trailed by 17 points in the first half. Overall throughout the game, negative five in turnovers, and they still won the game by more than two scores. That's pretty impressive. They held Tulane to 211 yards of total offense. That's the best since 2016. They're coached by Dana Holgerson. He's in his second year at Houston. Uh, Holgerson is 1-0, by the way. Versus BYU. He was the head coach at West Virginia back in 2016 when the Cougars lost to West Virginia back uh, on the East Coast at FedEx Field. The interesting thing that I'm interested to see uh, about this Houston team is just how much the fact that they have 15 returning starters from last season back. They have seven on offense, seven on defense, and one on special teams. This is not a team that's trying to piece things together. These are guys, Riley, that have played together in this system for at least a year. They have playmakers on offense like Clayton Tuna, quarterback, and Marquez Stevenson, a fantastic wide receiver. This is going to be a very interesting matchup, quite honestly, and a very important matchup for both teams.
3: Yeah, you mentioned Dana Hogerson, the Houston coach. He is uh, of the air raid genealogy that you'll see Houston gets out, they run tempo four wide receiver sets, but... He is not like a Mike Leach to to the extreme where he's throwing the ball 60 to 65 times a game. They are going to try and run the game, run the ball and try and create some balance within the offense. Another aspect that Cougar fans out there need to pay attention to, and this dates all the way back to 2013, granted it was under a different regime, but if you remember, Cougar, BYU got out to a quick 10-0 lead, and what got them back in the game was a kickoff return for a touchdown. Well, last week, the Cougars of Houston... Uh, you mentioned them being down, trailing 17 points in the first half. What kick-started them against Tulane was a 97-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, not to mention uh, some of the return games. So they're great in all three phases, and I'm excited for the challenge that this poses, this BYU team, who I think is equally as good and equally as talented and equally as intriguing.
2: Yeah, they're special teams in terms of being able to run kicks back is one of the better teams. It's, that's certainly something BYU's not going to be able to uh, take a break on at all that is definitely a weapon for the Cougars in red something else I'm interested to get uh, an explanation on or maybe an answer to and hopefully we'll be able to do that in our next segment when we talk with Kevin Eschenfelder coach Holgerson mentioned that 15 to 20 of his players were dealing with some sort of of injury issue and it's not COVID related but they've missed some practice here and there No idea yet what that means in terms of who plays and who doesn't, uh, but uh, that is certainly something uh, to pay attention to tonight
3: yeah and we haven't seen anybody normally by this time i feel like there's at least some people not the official warm-ups right but players are coming out on their own and running around and you get to see a look of like who's maybe trying to test out an ankle or who's maybe uh you know warming up an injury to see if they can go today haven't no players have emerged from the locker room yet but it'll definitely be something we keep our eye on
2: yeah and maybe we can get an answer in our next segment coming up we are going to talk with the voice of the houston cougar football team his name is kevin eschenfelder we'll get to know the foe when we come back this is cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. It's the Battle of the
2: Cougars in South Texas, BYU at Houston tonight. Both teams undefeated, although both teams have played a different number of games. This is game five for the BYU Cougars, the Houston Cougars, playing game number two. We are happy to be joined now by the voice of the Houston Cougars. His name is Kevin Eschenfelder. Kevin, thanks for taking a few minutes tonight. We really do appreciate it before a really important matchup.
4: Yeah, happy to be here, and uh, yeah, we finally got some good weather. I I think BYU caught a break first things first is... I, I played golf on Monday, and it was 94 degrees with about 85% humidity, and uh, so tonight is a it's a beautiful night. This may be the coolest night in Houston, Texas, since maybe April.
2: Well, and I'm curious how the Houston team feels after five postponed or canceled games to begin the year. Playing in back-to-back weeks
4: has got to feel like heaven for this team right now. <laughs> you got that right. These guys were tired of hitting each other uh, in practice, and, and that was, I think, what was really a testament to, to the job that Dana Holgerson and his staff did Getting them ready for last week's game. I mean, it was a it was absolute, uh, you know, total problems to start the game. They had the turnovers. They were down 14 and uh, 14 to seven at one point, and uh, you know, Tulane had run three plays and punted, and they had 14 points. So uh, you had a pick six, you had a fumble in the end zone. So it was a kind of a disastrous start. But once they got going with game speed, which is something you obviously cannot replicate in uh, in uh, in practices i think that they caught on and, and they really just were able to pull away and, and and kind of show the kind of team that they are but still it's only it is a team that's only played one game coming into this game tonight uh, so I, i'm not exactly sure what we're going to see from university of houston but i can guarantee you this they are, they are very happy to be playing this game tonight
3: kevin you mentioned holgerson and his staff and obviously they set the vision for the overall program but it's the it's the leaders and the captains that carry carry it out right they execute it on the field on the sideline in the locker room who are a few we know who some of the standouts are uh, but at least playmakers but who are some of the captains and leaders that have helped guide this houston program through the you know trials of of sitting at home four weeks in a row to start the season well i think uh, first and
4: foremost you got to talk about a guy on the offensive side and it's it's one thing to being uh, a leader. It's another thing to being a great player that is a leader. You know, not all great players are leaders. Not all leaders are great players. But Marques Stevenson happens to be both, and uh, and I think that is key because you know, let's face it, a guy like that is going to get the attention. Uh, you know, his his voice is going to be heard. He was a key with this. Clayton Toon was also. Uh, you know, they they've got some guys that have been. Kyle Porter is a kid that transferred in from the University of Texas. He's a running back. Uh, you know, he is from this area. Deontay Anderson on the defensive side, a safety. He's another guy that uh, transferred in from Ole Miss he was a four-star recruit when he left Houston and and that's what they've got and and it's guys like that that I think were there to that I I actually talked to Dana about that on his radio show this week was that you know coaches their voice only goes so far Uh, but when it's those teammates guys that are in the locker room they have the pulse of really what's going on as much as coaches think they do uh, it's the players and the leaders that do And, and those are the guys that I would really point to.
2: Speed, some very impressive playmakers, whether it's Tune at quarterback, Stevenson at receiver. I mean, these guys, everybody knows the names because they're proven commodities. How good do you think this offense is with just one game under its belt, certainly scoring 49 and and doing it in comfort behind fashion was pretty impressive?
4: Uh, They were balanced. Uh, You know, it it was – it seemed – it wasn't as if you saw – an offense that was, you know, slinging it all over the yard. I mean, they set up the pass with the run. They And, and Tulane was a uh, – their team, their strength was without question, their defensive line. They're guys that can get after the quarterback. And what impressed me about what their offensive game plan was, was after, uh, you know, after the pick six and after the fumble in the end zone on a strip sack, they really changed the way they it almost as saw I I thought that they saw things that they could take advantage of and made adjustments and in-game adjustments that's what I saw from this coaching staff well you know if pressure came left they rolled right if pressure came right they rolled left they put their players in a position
3: to make plays And, and obviously they offensively they did make plays so one of the the one of the keys for me is going to be BYU's, I mean, if you think back, you've been with the program a lot. Did you call the game back in 2013? I absolutely did. All right, so I was reviewing some of that. and BYU got out to a 10 nothing start, kickoff return for a touchdown. Gets yes. Houston back in the game, back in Reliance State. Obviously, kind of some sluggish start against Tulane. What started blowing, you know, that string of TDs uh, in the third quarter there, uh, maybe in the second, but somewhere around the middle of the game after a sluggish start. Sets this team on fire. Talk to us about special. T- obviously, very talented returners, but it's you don't get to the end zone without the other ten guys in front of you doing their job. <laughs> you
4: got that right, and that's. I mean, you know, as a play-by-play guy, and and you know, I'm not a coach, and as a play-by-play guy, I watch the ball. I mean, let's face it. And coaches and people that watch film, they watch everything but that. And obviously, those guys are doing their job up front. If you take into consideration Marcus Jones and Marquez Stevenson. Those are the top 2 active college college football players. As far as kickoff returns for touchdowns, the two of them combined in the country in the, on the same team. In, in the country on the same team, uh, you know Marcus Jones, the kid who started his career at Troy, yeah. and, and and you know I asked Dano about him. He said, "Hey, if he wasn't, if he was, if he was six one instead of five eight, he'd have been at Auburn or someplace like that." But right. instead, you know, just, he's a smaller guy, a guy that can really play, a guy that I hope that will be playing in this game tonight because he's dealt with some injuries. But yeah, it's uh, their special teams was really good. mark the. Uh, uh, a big part, Jones, Marcus Jones, he had a, a couple of muff punts, and I asked Dana about that, and he said, you know what, I had no problem with that. Because you'll see a lot of times a guy drops a punt, somebody else is returning punts the next time. If nothing else, just to call a fair catch and catch the football. But, uh, you know, he allowed him to go back out there. That's how much confidence he had in that young man. On the
2: defensive side, Kevin, and by the way, we're talking with Kevin Eschenfelder, the voice of the Houston Cougars. Six sacks for the defense in game one against Tulane. Only gave up 211 yards. I know there are quite a few returning starters from last year. The secondary, uh, it's a new secondary. These are guys that were here but had to sit out last year, coming from proven programs. How good is the defense right now?
5: I
4: thought they were really good. In fact, well... Granted, small sample size, albeit as small as you can get one game. Uh, you know, allowing 210 yards last week was so it makes them the number one defense in the country. But uh, you know, hey, they're good. They uh, Peyton Turner, man, he is a kid that we have seen grow up. He's uh, he's from the Houston area. He's from Houston. Actually, went to high school right here in town. And uh, Peyton Turner looks the part. I mean, if there's somebody that you want to see that looks like you go, okay, what is a what is a, a good edge pass rush were supposed to look like well peyton turner six six, two hundred ninety 290 pounds and he can absolutely fly he had uh, four and a half tackles for loss in the game he also had two sacks in the game as well but uh, you know i think a lot of times it goes back to what what you guys were just talking about as far as uh you know punt or kick returns for touchdowns it's the guys up front well on the on that side of getting sacks and tfls it may be something about the guys on the back side being able to to have that coverage and in, in quarterbacks you know, you got to get pressure on them, but they they've also got to have uh, receivers to be covered too. And I thought they did a nice job. Uh, Hassan Hippolyte is a transfer in from Colorado, and, and that's what this team went four and eight last year. And there were a lot of guys that had transferred in or were being redshirted. And it, I I called last year that the, the uh, you know break an egg to make an omelet type of a season, uh, with no disrespect to the people that were on that team a year ago, but uh, they I think they were kind of building up to this year, and with COVID and everything else, we'll see how it all plays out
3: uh last uh, uh, well i guess last question for me uh but what does this game mean for you know 15th ranked team coming in i think houston houston had the same aspirations to be ranked somewhere around 15 i think if you, they would have gotten the chance to play i think they feel like they'd be in a similar situation so two very like teams what do they see their opportunity out here on the field tonight i
4: well i think it goes back to the same thing whenever you know you're a uh, a group of five team playing a, a team that's that's got national notoriety. I understand that you know this is BYU by title is not a power five team. We all know that they are a power five quality team. We all know that. Uh, and anytime you get the chance to or an opportunity to to face a team like that, a nationally ranked team, you know, especially on national TV on a Friday night, uh, you know that's it's, it's important. It's big for your program. But that being said, it's about conference play as far as what I think Houston is concerned. If they had a choice of, of winning this game tonight and going and losing at Navy or vice versa, I think they'll take the, the win at Navy because that is a conference game, obviously. So, uh, But it is important, and it's uh, it's always good to play a quality program like BYU and a third time that the Cougars have had that opportunity to do that.
2: Kevin, last thing before we let you go, and we appreciate you taking a few minutes before this game. Uh, Coach Holgerson this week mentioned... About fifteen to twenty players, not a hundred percent. Nothing long term, but you know it's caused some guys to miss practice here and there. So it wasn't necessarily sure what that meant for tonight. Has there been any clarity on players who may or may not be available tonight for Houston?
4: Uh, clarity, no. But when you watch the game, you're not going to get clarity from any of these coaches as far <laughs> as
6: that is concerned.
4: You know how that goes. But uh, you know watching. Last week's game and seeing how many people were headed to the locker room before the end of the game. Oh, and the game was well in hand at that point anyway. But uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see who is available to play in this game. So uh, they did have significant injuries, and I go back as well. Also, if they have a choice of uh, maybe a guy not being a hundred percent and playing him tonight, where he wouldn't be able to play in eight days at Annapolis, well, I think that uh, they'll take that. Resting a guy or making sure that he is ready to go for a conference game. So to answer your question, no, we're not going to know for sure (laughs) until they line up and they send those guys out on the field.
2: Great stuff, Kevin. Uh, fantastic insight. This is, a, this is one we've been looking forward to for a long time. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Uh, great thoughts, and have a good call tonight. My pleasure, guys. There we go. That's Kevin Eschenfelder. He is the play-by-play voice of the Houston Cougars. My one-on-one with Braden al Backery coming up just a little bit later in Shep Talk. But next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back
2: into Cougar Pregame Live. Before we get to Cougar Cuts, let's pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio.
2: All right, time for Cougar Cuts, Riley, and as we mentioned earlier, this is going to be the first game that BYU will play in front of fans, and BYU receiver Gunnar Romney says he and his teammates have been waiting for this all year.
6: I'm really excited for it, especially for, for families that haven't had the opportunity to see it yet, but you know, we've, we've had to create our own energy on the field these last couple of games, and you know, at, at times, it, even though we're all fired up on the sideline. At times, it's still quiet in the stadium, and it still feels kind of, kind of eerie, kind of awkward. And so, just that that noise and just that competitiveness that the crowd brings, I, I'm, I think the whole entire team is
7: really excited to have that.
2: And Riley, to your point in talking about how many BYU fans were on the plane flying down to Houston for this game, I, I know just on social media uh, throughout the week, um, you know, people were were tweeting in on BYU Sports Nation talking a lot about how far they were traveling, and I know there were people traveling 17 hours making the trip to Houston. Uh, This is is an opportunity that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. This may be one of the only opportunities to see BYU football in person this year, and uh, it sounds like there's going to be a very large contingency of BYU fans uh, in attendance.
3: Yeah, in fact, I just got a text from my uh, trainer in the mission field, Phil Johnson. He's driving in with his family. He lives here in the Houston area, but uh, man, uh, BYU fans are coming out of the woodworks. And uh, you know, have you ever sat in silence like for a long time, and then and then gone back into like a crowded room or something like that? And it just seems like, man, why it's is everybody jarring. yelling? Yeah, it's why, yeah. I think it's going to be the same effect, but positively for the energy of BYU. Gunnar talked about trying to produce their own energy on the sidelines. That, That is taxing, trying to produce it of yourself. To be able to feed off fans, however many make it here, You know, whatever that split of the 10,000 end up being BYU fans, I think it's going to be such that we see them have an impact on this team, their energy and their effort.
2: I think this is a really important part, and this is something that Troy Warner talked about uh, with the media this week. The uh, the Cougars in red had to fight back to win their game versus Tulane after a disastrous start. And we mentioned it throughout the game, five turnovers. They were down 17 points. Safety Troy Winer says the fact that Houston didn't panic showed him the type of team they're going to face tonight.
6: The first thing that
5: pops into my head is just kind of the adversity that they dealt with in that game as an offense. Uh, throwing the pick six and then just, just kind of the turnovers that they had. And really the fact that they weren't even shook from that. They, it seemed like. It seemed like they didn 't dwell at it at all. they knew that they could they could bounce back and put up a, a good amount of points and and that 's something that you want in an offense and uh, that 's why that 's why I think this is going to be such a good challenge for us is because we could uh, be dominating early in the game and, and that could mean nothing to them they're, They know their confidence they 're a confident squad confident offense and, and they're, they know that they 're uh, capable of doing really good things
2: yeah riley and, and granted it 's again one game. Uh, but they, to Troy's point, they did not panic, and not only did they not panic, they came back and won the game handily. You know, this is something BYU is not going to be able to take a series off. This is this is going to be a, this is going to be a team that's going to fight you from start to finish.
3: Well, one of the other positives that came out of the UTSA, we talked a little bit of, about the positives that came out of what was maybe an unexpected performance against UTSA, uh, but one of the positives was the starters for BYU had to play all four quarters. And that was the first time, you know, in game four was the first time they were forced to do that. They're definitely going to need to be able to play all four quarters tonight. So I was glad they got a little bit of a prep last week because this Houston team is not phased by moments of adversity. Their offense just by nature and their defense, for that matter, uh, schematically are all about wreaking havoc and applying pressure. And so, yeah, BYU's ready to bring it here for all – They're going to have to bring it all four quarters, and I think they're ready for that.
2: Yeah, last week against the Roadrunners, the very first snaps that Zach Wilson had taken in the fourth quarter all season long. That is a crazy stat to even think of. Coming up next, I go one-on-one with defensive lineman Bracken Elbakri in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live coming up after this, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. It's the Battle of the Cougars
2: tonight in Houston. BYU at the Houston Cougars. Jason Shepard with you. Thank you for joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. Bracken bakery is a character, to say the very least. He's also a really good football player. The redshirt senior started all four games at defensive tackle this season and has one sack on the year. This week's Shep Talk is with Bracken, and I asked him how much he and his teammates have enjoyed the four and zero start.
8: You know, we, we've really enjoyed the season. Um, it's it's fun winning football games. So I think we just it, it's it's emotional. We we have really enjoyed it. At the four start, it's just meant that that we've had more time to enjoy each other as as a team and as a family. So uh yeah, it's just it's been great. We've had a really good time.
2: Are you guys still pinching yourself that you guys are are playing football right now? I mean because we're still waiting for other teams in the country to kind of jump into the college football mix. I've got to imagine this has just been surreal on a lot of different levels since the beginning of the season.
8: Yeah, it's it's been fantastic. And as you guys know, when COVID was first starting to like you know, they were like, oh, my gosh, seasons are what's going to go on. And, and all these conferences are like, oh, we're only going to play conference. Everyone's like, hey, hey, you don't have a conference. And then like two weeks later, we're like, hey, hey we don't have a conference. And so we're playing football, you know. So uh, I don't know if we're pinching ourselves. We always expected to play. We were working out this summer, expecting to play football. And, and you've seen it. Um, you've seen that this team is completely ready to go. But we're we're really happy and thankful to be playing.
2: From your specific position, where do you guys feel like you guys on on the defensive front are playing your best football? What do you think is working so well for you right now?
8: I mean, we're really experienced on the defensive line for the most part. We have a couple new guys who are really showing out, obviously, but for the most part, we're we're really experienced. And so, we've seen a lot of offenses. We've seen a lot of blocks and we've seen a lot of combos and we've seen, you know, you just, we've, we've come up against it when you're hiring an electrician, you want somebody who's, who's seen a lot of problems. And when you hire a plumber, you want somebody who's seen a lot of problems, you're hiring a financial advisor. You want them to have seen a lot of, you know, federal audits or whatever it is and uh, our <laughs> whatever. Um, and so our, the, I think what we, the, the biggest thing we can bring to the table is that we're experienced. We've played a lot of games. We know what we're doing and, uh, and we know how to respond. Um, if, you know, if this, combos feels more like this than feels like that and then we'll we can adjust we can adjust really quick.
2: What did you guys learn from the win on Saturday against UTSA?
8: That was a really good game for us. Personally I I made a mistake that I that I have learned from and and needed to make. I'm happy I made it, you know, which is which may sound weird. But yeah, I think and I don't think I'm the only one. I think across the defense there were a few individual mistakes. Sometimes it cost lots of yards, sometimes it didn't and it's it's easy to to watch on TV. You could be like, "Oh, geez, that safety. Really, what was he doing?" You know. But you know, on on the play I'm I'm thinking of, it was a two yard gain. But it was still a it was still a, a personal loss. And and most of the other plays, personal wins that we can all learn from. And so I think across the board, there were there were personal losses and wins that we that we've taken and said, "Okay, I need to play that a little bit different, or take a different step, or or what have." You.
2: Things have been going so well on both sides of the ball. Do you look at the fact that you guys maybe played a closer game than what was expected? Can that be a good thing, heading into a game like this against Houston, in terms of maybe refocusing? Not that you maybe needed to be focused, but it almost forces you to do
8: that? Yeah, no question. Uh, no question. It's, it's nice to feel a little hungry after a win. Well, I'd much rather have, have won and, and felt hungry than lost and felt hungry. Um, but they were a really good football team, and I think a lot of I think a lot of people are saying, "Why was that close?" Or, you know, you guys should have blown them out, or whatever, whatever it was. There was a few mistakes that cost us lots of points. If you eliminate those, it's it's not even close. But but it was close because they're a great football team, and and this is an amazing game. People like to watch on both sides always because it's a weird shaped ball. It bounces weird sometimes, and that's good. That's good. We really enjoy that, and I hope tonight has a little bit of some bounces our way and their way and and makes it bloody and close.
2: What are you looking forward to most about this game against Houston? I've been saying all week that one of the things that BYU usually has is, and it was especially apparent in the first four games, is just the size advantage. This will be one of the first teams that you'll face that is similar in size to you guys. What do you look forward to most about an opportunity like this to face a a good team in
8: Houston? First to answer your question about size – it is. It's nice to play a team that's that's big, but what you got to realize is we play a team that's big four out of the five days out of the week. You know, it's actually what we see most of the time. When we went out and played Navy, we we're like, "Whoa, this is weird," you know. Which and when you're not not quite as big, you have other strengths. They're they're fast. They're moving. We play big teams, and we're ready to play big teams, and we play really big football. I think sometimes when it comes down to us, Houston's going to be the same way in their fall camp. They're offensive line was playing a big defensive line and and we're a big defensive line and we played a big offensive line so it's going to come down to those individual battles and that's it's that's how any any football game is the coordinators can set the scheme but if we don't win the crucial points that you need to on on any scheme you won't win games and that's what we need to do
2: you guys excited to have fans in the stands there I think they're expecting about 10,000
8: Oh, it's gonna be awesome. We're so excited.
2: Once you're in the game, you probably don't notice it as much. I would imagine when you start to hear fans cheering in the stands, it may catch your attention because it's not something you've heard for a while.
8: It's gonna be great. It's it's not gonna be a distraction. We're gonna really enjoy it. We're we're super excited. Fans are excited. Family members who are gonna be able to travel down there and, and drive and get down there are gonna be excited to watch their watch their siblings or or, or children. For the first and maybe, hopefully not, but only time of the season. So what an opportunity. Are you going to have any family or friends down there at the game? Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: All right, let's wrap things up, Bracken, with the final four. Here are the personality questions. If you could have a Zoom conversation with anyone, who would it be?
8: Do they have to be alive? No, no, no. Anybody. Can they be real people or fictional people?
2: Most people have always answered with real people, but I'm 100% open to somebody not being a real person. That would be fine with me.
8: Okay. I got a couple. John Wayne would be awesome. That guy would be awesome. Uh, there's a book I read written by one of the old professors of, of BYU. It's called The Way of Kings. There's a guy in that book. His name's Dalinar. I'd love to talk to that guy. I mean, he's a beast. Like, yeah, he's fictional, but the guy is a beast. You guys should read that book. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say if, if I had to choose, like, a real person, I'd choose John Wayne because that cat's just freaking awesome. Can't go wrong with the Duke. All right. Uh, what is your cheat day snack, meal, or dessert? Um, my favorite dessert is strawberry rhubarb pie, and I'm a huge fan of it, but I don't, it's not like my, ooh, cheat day, I'm going to go have strawberry rhubarb pie. Strawberry rhubarb pie is a pinnacle of flavor and taste, and you don't want, you don't, you don't climb Mount Everest every day, you climb Mount Everest, you know, once a year, it's just, man, succulent. sucking, it's like a, something you do your, on your birthday, it's something you do on Christmas, Christmas Eve, I mean, it's something you just hold sacred, it's a sacred time of, of flavors, it's tart, sweet, it's fabulous.
2: All right, what sport would you play if you didn't play football?
8: Well, I played ho- – I, I, excuse me, I played lacrosse in high school. I really loved it. But if I could, like, choose a sport that I've never really played before, I'd choose hockey. I think that's a – man, that's a fun game to watch. It's, it's cool.
2: You know that you have the chance of maybe losing your teeth. So, you willing to go that route?
8: I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, but when I smile, you, you, my teeth are so small you can barely even see them anyway. They're, they're of no use to me whatsoever besides eating. So, I, I could put a couple of gold ones in there and be just fine.
2: Very nice. All right. Last one. What makes the 2020 BYU football team special?
8: What makes us special is that we've uh, we've been together a long enough time that we're all good and we continue to make each other better. Um, it's just, it's a really high competition situation. And when the pressure's, when the pressure's high, the growth is high. And, and you've seen that in, in both sides of the ball, especially in the trenches.
2: Bracken, great stuff. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Good luck against the Cougars in red. Thank you. So besides giving you a little football talk, obviously on a football pregame show, during Shep Talk, i like to give you some nuggets about the person that I'm interviewing that maybe you're not going to get anywhere else. First of all, Bracken is such an entertaining interview anyway. But what we learned from Bracken is apparently he has no use for his teeth. He's perfectly fine to not have his teeth. So you see, we learn, we're educating, we're getting to know these people on a completely different level. Love Bracken O'Bakry, heck of a football player and certainly a character to talk to. All right, when we come back, it is our QB read with Riley. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. The 4-0 and 14th ranked BYU Cougars are in Houston, Texas
2: tonight, getting ready to face the Cougars in red. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. My name is Jason Shepard, joined by Riley Nelson, former BYU quarterback and obviously radio analyst alongside Greg Rubel. Riley, it is that time. It is time for our QB
3: read with Riley you got for us this week? So I've already touched on it for those that have been with us from the beginning of our pregame show you've heard me mention special teams I'm I'm a little bit stuck on it because I really think it's the key to this game so I just want to talk a little bit one of the distinct uh, distinctions I have many distinct distinctions uh, from my playing days at BYU some good some uh, some moments on the field that I'd like to have back but uh, one of those distinctions was I actually recorded a tackle on special teams going into my junior Mm -hmm. year after I hurt my shoulder my sophomore year. Uh, and was uh, backing up Jake Heaps, you know, essentially he was younger than me, and I was like, man, I'm not going to waste away here holding the clipboard. Let me get on the field. So in that fall camp, I petitioned Coach Mendenhall to allow me to uh, try out for special teams, and I actually made two teams. I made kickoff uh, coverage and I made punt coverage, uh, but they did not. uh, Coach Doman vetoed the kickoff coverage because that is the special teams that has the highest – Uh, number of injuries and uh, was not willing to do that. But they did let me run down. I was a gunner on punt and actually here in the state of Texas it was a little bit west over in Austin. I recorded my uh, first and only tackle as I was only on special teams for four games before I got thrown in against Utah State and the rest is history. But uh, So special teams, state of Texas, it's all good memories flooding back to me. But This game is one that I think BYU, well let me start off by saying this. Dana Holgerson, Air, you know, comes from the Air Raiders coaches and all these things. They, it, they can score in bunches. They can score quick. One of the best ways to deter that is to force them to put together drives, and drives of significant length. Uh, Houston's starting field position was their own 39. In other words, they only had to go 61 yards to score touchdowns against Tulane last week. BYU, it is incredibly important that BYU, mostly through the efforts of their special teams, Make sure that that start their own 39 tries to turn it to their own 29. If they can go from tw- the 39 to the 29, they will reduced. Le- so uh, Tulane put or sorry, Houston put up 49 points last week. Just the statistics state that if you can move them back, move their average st- f- starting field position back just 10 yards, those 49 points now become 28 points. The statistical averages are that that large and that impactful when you talk about the hidden yards of both special teams. And field position. So uh, their task will be cut out for them as uh, Houston only returned one kick. The rest were touchbacks for Tulane, but they returned one kick, and that kick, you guessed it, 97 yards to the house. They fielded eight punts for 108 yards. Uh, which, you know, is a modest average of 13, but, man, our goal on special teams was always to get 10 yards. So the fact that they averaged 13.5 yards per return with a long of 34 shows that that punt return team is also one that uh, is formidable. And so uh, the the read... For this game, for me, is that third phase that is often forgotten, but is no less important than the than the first two in offensive defense in special teams. And when it comes to BYU, we I, I think Jake Oldroyd's back, so that's good from the offensive special teams. Right? You got the kick game, you got yep. the kickoff, you got or, or you got the kick return, you got the punt return. But on the defensive aspects, which are punt coverage and kick coverage, they got to be on their game here tonight.
2: Love it when Riley drops the analytics, giving us some some deep stats. I like it.
3: And hey, it, you got you got to know the numbers. How else
2: do you make decisions? You know, it's true. Well, look, and, and you're right. The special team sometimes is just viewed as a given. Okay, you kind of know what you're going to get. And but when you when it can be a legitimate weapon for a team, it's something that, to your point, you've brought it up a couple of times. It can change games. It it can be that momentum shift that a team needs in order to mount a comeback or to put a team away it is a very important part of a football game
3: that doesn't necessarily get focused on a lot when you when a team is struggling like if they're maybe just not in a rhythm or they're dormant the message on the sideline that the players are going you got your leaders going up and down is like all right guys you need two things. One, from the defense, you need a turnover. That's that's normally the first one. But then the second thing is, all right, special teams, make a play for us, right? Like, go down there and make a big, you know, tackle them inside the 20 to give them a long field. Or on a punt, go in there, get your hand, knock the ball out of the punt returner, you know, turn the ball over there. Uh, and, of course, your return teams, it's like, all right, let's everybody let's we're going to pull out a block here or sorry a return right here right and see how we can get that done so um special teams next to a turnover is is the biggest momentum shifter in in the game of football and i think it's going to play a big role here tonight coach lamb i know coach lamb you know he's in charge of special teams for byu and i know he's on his game and i know he's counting tonight as one of his prime opportunities of the season
2: Reward yourself with MyStyle checking from Mountain America. Earn points towards travel, gift cards, events, and more. Details at macu.com slash MyStyle. Membership required based on eligibility. Coming up next, we will visit with the voice Greg Rubel. Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard with you in our BYU studios in Provo, Utah. Joining me from Houston is Riley Nelson. And now it is our pleasure to welcome in the voice of the Cougars. His name is Greg Rubel. Greg, it is good to talk to you. Another Friday night light uh, affair for BYU football.
1: And appropriately enough, in the state of Texas,
2: yes, very very true, that is a fantastic tie in I still by the way have never seen the TV show Friday Night lights
1: you know I, I would see bits here and there, you know, and I still haven 't seen the movie the whole way through either, so I have some uh, some catching up to do, let 's say <laughs> uh,
2: I have seen the movie, uh, but not the TV show, but that 's not why people are tuning in right now. Uh, they are interested to find out uh, what information you have. And as they know, we always start things out with some personnel stuff. Uh, Offensive linemen James Impey and Tristan Hodge were both mentioned as possible returners last week. That didn't happen. Um, After talking with Kalani, and people will be able to hear the interview in its entirety in about a half an hour or so, um, it sounds like one may be closer than the other. Is that right?
1: Yeah, not a done deal for James Empey by any stretch. Uh, Game time decision. According to Kalani, we just watched uh, James warm up here at TDECU Stadium, but uh, he he was not uh, locked in uh, to the first-string spot during practice all week. Uh, Joe Tukuapu still took a lot of snaps. And so uh, James is available, dressed, warmed up, but Kalani officially calling him game time. As for Tristan Hodge, this week will not be the week for him. So those uh, those details on the O-line coming from Kalani during our pregame conversation. A bit of good news on the O-line is that uh, Keanu Saliaponga has uh, made his return and can provide some depth. And you're saying, well, you know, what does that mean to BYU? Well, it's a 19-start guy. A guy with 19 games started is now available to provide additional depth on the O-line. So, uh, you know, Tristan Hodge may not be ready yet, but uh, Keanu Saliaponga getting, getting back is a bit of compensation there. And again, Joe Tukuwapu's done well in uh, in the absence of James Zampi. So even if James can't go tonight, and we'll find out closer to game time, BYU's not in terrible shape there at all, and they get deeper with the addition of Keanu Saliaponga.
3: Greg, uh, this game means a lot. You and I were talking driving into the stadium, uh, you know, probably the most significant game in a decade, at least as far as what it means for the program and what it means for postseason projections and staying relevant on the national stage. Uh, speak a little bit to the opportunity for the Cougars to seize here and what it might win if they can get out of here with a win.
1: Yeah, you know there there have been big games in terms of big names, right? You go to Camp Randall, that's pretty big. You go to you go to you go to Nealon Stadium last year on the Checkerboard. You beat Tennessee, that's big. Uh, you, you know when you beat USC at home, that's big. So you know those are big wins. Uh, even Kalani's first uh, win as head coach, uh, the, the, the win against Arizona, that was big, right? But in terms of what's on the stake at this time of year, BYU hasn't played a game like this, perhaps since 2008. The last time BYU took an undefeated record on the road in the middle of Texas. Uh, they were 6-0 and back in 2008, came to TCU, and played on this very same date uh, 12 years ago, and took their first loss of the year. Recorded well, uh, re- recovered well, and still won 10 games that year. But that's the last game that felt as big as this in terms of what's on the line at this time of year. So as much as people point to Boise State, Shep, on November 6th and having that loom large, it only looms as large as the outcome here tonight.
7: You're, and, and, yep, you're and right. It,
1: Everything else is set up by what happens here tonight. And for a lot of national observers, this is a show-me game. Yes, they've got BYU ranked in the top 15, and yes, they've put Zach Wilson in the Heisman mix. And sure, they know how many points BYU's been scoring over the first four weeks, but this is still the game that for a lot of people will say, okay, that's legit. That's that's, That's going on the road and beating a team and a coach we know well. And, and, and having to do it a little shorthanded, uh, Kalani will tell us about uh, the absence of Kyrus Tonga. And, and not having Kyrus is, is huge uh, in every way, uh, physically and and, uh, and metaphorically. Uh, so BYU has to have some guys uh, play, uh, you know, larger than their frame and bigger than their rep to this point in the season to help compensate for, you know, a surefire pro at the next level out of the nose tackle spot.
2: Greg, last question for you, and I think for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned, um... The first four games for BYU, it was pretty obvious where BYU had the advantages. I think it's less obvious in a, in a, against a team like Houston. Where do you think BYU has the biggest advantage tonight?
1: Well, I think Houston showed a lot in the way it uh, it, it shut down Tulane's run game. Tulane had a nice string of 100-yard games going on the ground, and, and Houston ended that. And so if Tyler Algier continues to run like he's been running, and if the O-line continues to open up holes as they've been opening them, then then yes, BYU's truly for real up front, because Houston is a team that could put a dent in those performances based on how they played last week. That was a six-sack effort from Houston last week against Tulane. And so, to me, where BYU's had the edge has been on the O-line, and where BYU's had the edge has been on the D-line primarily. Now, without Kairos Tonga, And facing a Houston team that racked up six sacks last week, let's see if that continues to be an advantage here in game number five. But I think where the the advantage is, is truest and most pronounced might be at quarterback. Clayton Toon, under duress last week, made some big mistakes that resulted directly in 14 points for the opposition. And Zach Wilson's not been making those mistakes. Any mistakes, hardly. And so that's where the advantage truly lies. And people are tuning in to see the Heisman Trophy uh, candidate maybe too strong at this point, but but uh, um, the, the Heisman Trophy uh, mentionee. Let's put it that way. At this point, yeah. to see you know how he really looks in this kind of setting, and 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 if you know if 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 Zach hasn't had his best game yet this year, let's hope it comes tonight,
2: guys. I'm gonna let both of you go. Thank you so much for the information. And the good news is you've got about a half an hour before you guys are back on the air. You could get in a good 20, 25 minutes of one episode of Friday Night Lights if you want.
1: All right, I'm going to get it streaming here right now.
2: All right, thanks, guys. Great stuff. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. That's Greg Rubel, Visit with the Voice, along with my co-host of Cougar Pregame Live, Riley Nelson. After a quick break, we'll get our view from the sideline with Mitchell Jurgens. Cougar Pregame Live continues next, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. 14th ranked
2: BYU at Houston tonight. Both teams undefeated, although that's a bit misleading. BYU 4-0, while Houston has just played one game after beating Tulane last week, 49-31. Welcome back in time for our View from the sideline, joined now by a former Cougar receiver and our sideline reporter on the broadcast, Mitchell Juergens, joining me from Houston, Texas. Mitchell, the first question I have, this is the first game that we know BYU will play in front of fans. What does the crowd look like right now? We're about um, an hour or so away, a little over an hour from kickoff.
6: Yeah, we're, we're starting to see some fans trickle in. This is this is the, the pregame ritual I'm used to, you know, just having some fans come in. We're seeing quite a few blue already and... Um, it's, I mean, I think there's going to be some good representation from uh, both Cougars, uh, both Cougar teams tonight. So it it's, it's, looks good.
2: Yeah, it looks good. And uh, it should sound good. We've got the crowd mic. Uh, I know uh, Greg had mentioned earlier in the week that uh, he's, he's missed that sound. And uh, so our crowd mic should be able to pick up an actual crowd tonight. It'll, uh, it'll be fun to hear. You know, and Riley and I were talking about this earlier in pregame in terms of maybe um, the fact that BYU had a close game last week. Maybe that helps them in a matchup like this. How can BYU use last week's close game to its advantage tonight?
6: Yeah, you know, I I think there's going to be quite a few things that play to their advantage um, just from that game last week. I mean, first off, this was BYU's first test, right? They had a battle um, of a game where, you know, things weren't going BYU's way. Uh, The opponent was playing well, and and they had to fight to win a ball game. Um, You know, up until last week, they, they really hadn't had the opportunity to do that. And the way I see this game going tonight, um, you know, it's going to be another battle where I think it's going to come down to potentially the last drive or last quarter. Um, We're going to see the starters in the, the whole time. And so having gone through that, I think they're prepared in case that does happen today. Um, and, and then, kind of the second thing is the players and coaches—they really weren't pleased with the way that uh, they won the game last week. And um, it, as you know, true athletes and true competitors, when you're not pleased with the performance, you go to the film room. You go, you know, identify, hey, what didn't go well? Because the last thing I want to do is underperform two weeks in a row. To say. Um, Not that they didn't, you know, underperform last week because they did come away with a win, but they weren't pleased with the way they did it. And so I can see this team coming out with so much fire, knowing, hey, we're going to correct those mistakes um, and just be sharper and and more dialed in as a team than they were the last week, which is what they're going to need against a very good Houston team.
2: Mitchell, one of my talking points this week has been the fact that for the first time, at least in my opinion, for the first time this season, BYU will actually face a team that looks like them physically. They're, they, they may still have certainly size advantages at different parts of, of the field, but in terms of overall size being so much bigger than the opposition, this will be the first team where they face somebody that's, that's like them in that manner. How does that change how BYU game plans tonight, or does it?
6: Yeah, so as far as, you know, a changing game plan, I don't see too much change there. The game plan typically, I mean, it stays the same, right? You do your job, you go, uh, I mean, you obviously want to put the most points on the board to win the ball game, um, keep the opponent out of the end zone. And so, I mean, as far as the game plan, I don't see it changing much. But what does, you know, what I guess you could say will change is it's going to require a lot more discipline and a sound a assignment sound football. You know, guys doing their job and not getting away with, trying to do too much or improvising on the fly you know weeks prior they've been able to just kind of roll through their opponent as simply the bigger and better team and so whether they were on point or in the perfect position as as they had practiced it didn't really matter much Um, but tonight all those simple details are gonna make an impact on this game and they've got to be dialed in need to be disciplined and play that assignment sound football
2: what's the biggest matchup do you think BYU has to win tonight in order to be successful
6: you know, I always want to say, the, you know, win the line of scrimmage um, because, in my opinion, I think, I mean, that's really where games are won and lost. Um, the majority of the time is is from that line of scrimmage. Uh, we we know that we're going to be missing a few players on the defensive line, and so even more um, reason for those guys to step up. But to kind of branch out and, and who I'm really, you know, I, I even saw, I, I said this last week as well, but once again, I think the, the BYU secondary, they're going to get a, a nice little test today with the Houston athletic receivers these guys are fast you know I grew up here um, I played with a lot of these guys in in high school um, they're fast they're athletic and it's gonna be a test uh, we've seen last week I mean go into the game the Houston game last week um, or, or sorry in their one matchup it wasn't last week um, they they put up 49 points and had five turnovers. I mean, that just goes to show you how fast these guys can score. And and so I think the secondary is going to have their, their biggest test of the season tonight at Houston. And so really, I mean, if they can win it, if they can play lockdown defense, come up with a few big pass deflections, uh, maybe a big INT late in the second half, I mean, that's going to be the momentum switch that, uh, you know, puts BYU in a position to win.
2: So let's, let's hypothesize here, and, and I realize that you're, you're not going to know you're not going to know exactly if there's going to be a scheme change or not BYU's yep. not going to let that information come out, but you mentioned, you know, Kyrus is not going to be there and he is such a disruptor. What we've seen out of BYU defensively up front for most of the season is rushing three and dropping everybody else back. Yep. And the reason you can do that with a guy like Kyrus is because obviously his job is to fill two gaps when you're, when you're rushing three and he can do that with him, not there. Do you think maybe they go away from the rushing three and bring up uh, another defensive lineman or maybe bring up a a linebacker? Or do you think they stick with what they have and just let the guys, let the depth that they've been pleased with just fill in for Kyrus tonight?
6: Yeah, you know, I'm a big believer first off of a next-man-up policy, right? The guy comes in um, after Kyrus, and you're going to do the same thing that Kyrus is asked of. Now, Kyrus... (laughs) This guy's a freak, right? And um, he can do things that a lot of other players from that next man up type policy that maybe not everyone can do just with his size, his strength, his experience. And so I wouldn't be surprised if the game plan does change a little bit defensively um, I mean, I think the game's going to tell, right? Um, if they're having uh, trouble getting pressure on the quarterback, um, will that, you know, require a backer or bring in another guy on the line? I'm not sure. I think I think it's just going to determine on how the game goes and, and what's going to happen. But it, it is, you know, tough to see Kyrus not suit up tonight. But, uh, you know, wish him well. And whoever's stepping in his shoes, you've got some big, fills, big shoes to fill. And, uh, I mean, it's exciting. This is one of those opportunities as, uh, you know, as a former walk-on where I was just you know, I was eaten up at these opportunities yep. to get in the game. A big opportunity for someone to step up and, and, and make some big plays. All
2: right, Mitchell, last question before I let you go. We're talking with Mitchell Jurgens. You'll hear him on the sideline during the broadcast with Greg and Riley. Uh, this week on BYU Sports Nation, we were talking uh, one, of our, one of our trending topics was which side of the ball has the most pressure on them? Is it the offense or the defense? And my take on this was you could certainly make a case for both, and I think he would probably be right. Uh, I ultimately said that there's more pressure on the offense because I think even if the defense plays good, Houston's good enough and they have enough weapons on offense, they're going to score. So I I think the pressure's on the offense for BYU just to make sure they continue to score at the high clip that they have. How would you answer that? You think that the offense or defense has more pressure on them tonight?
6: You know, I'm going to say the offense, but not from the perspective that you're you're coming from. The offense, because... I mean, they have impressed so much in these first four games, even last week, right? They only put up 27 points, but still had almost 500 yards of total offense. This team has been so dominant this season, or or, sorry, this side of the ball. And uh, I think every single week they start replicating that performance. It's going to add a little bit more pressure to hey, you've done this four games in a row. If you can't do it in the fifth game, I mean, it's it's what's going on, right? Um, and so having just performing at the level that they are right now, um, I, I think there's there's obviously a lot of pressure there on the offense to – um, to get the job done, and, and to your point, Houston's going to score some points, yep. right? No matter how well the defense plays, they're going to score, and it's up to the offense to keep them in the game, um, put pressure on Houston's defense, and I mean they can certainly do that tonight.
2: He is the star man. He is Mitchell Jergens. You will hear him on the broadcast tonight roaming the sidelines, hearing fans in the stands. Mitchell, great stuff, man. Appreciate it.
6: Hey, thanks so much, Jason.
2: There you go. Mitchell Jergens coming up on the other side. We will hear from Houston head coach, Dana Holgerson. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard.
2: It's a battle of the Cougars. The Cougars in blue, BYU taking on the Cougars in red. Houston, welcome back in to Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard coming to you live from our BYU radio studios in lovely Provo, Utah. Now, Dana Holgerson is in year two as head coach at Houston. The last time BYU faced a Dana Holgerson team was back in 2016 when the Cougars lost to West Virginia at FedEx Field. Earlier this week, Holgerson met with the media and talked about what he liked and didn't like in Houston's season-opening victory against Tulane.
5: Uh, the physicality was what I was probably most happy with. You know, by not really hitting as much as we normally would in camp or you know first game stuff. You know, I was extremely happy with how physical we were, which is going to be a big key going into this game because obviously BYU, we know, is is a very physical football team. You know, the biggest thing is, is the bad was really bad. The turnovers were, were bad. Sometimes turnovers don't hurt you. Uh, sometimes turnovers kill you. And when you give them 14 points off two turnovers, that that's it's not, obviously not good. So I, I attribute 17 of their points uh, to, to offensive mistakes. I think
2: it would be just fantastic Texas hospitality if Houston were to gift BYU five turnovers tonight. I like BYU's chances if that's the case. I would not count on that however. Now the Houston defense did play well in that game especially when you consider the fact that Tulane's offense scored 17 points off of those turnovers. Coach Holgerson said he was pretty happy with what he saw on defense.
5: And I'm proud to say that we're number one in the country in defense right now. (laughs) Now we have we have the best offense in the country coming to Houston here on Friday night. I mean these guys are spectacular. I mean the Wilson kid at quarterback is playing as good as I've seen. I mean, it all starts with them up front. They're they're big and experienced and physical up front. They got backs that get them yards. They got receivers that make plays. Uh, it'd be a pretty big challenge. Probably have a you know a little better under understanding of where we are defensively. There's there's no question we're better. I mean that and 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 I, and we all knew we would be. You know, it starts up front, which we have good depth up front. Those guys played well, experience that linebacker with depth. You know, and then the secondary we have. Returning guys. And then we lose, we lose Deontay Anderson. Who's played more snaps here than anybody on my board play three. Uh, We lose uh, Garrison Vaughn, you know, in the third quarter. And so I look out there and we're playing, you know, geo Owens went down uh, for a little while and we got, Hippolyte and fabo out there who were on our scout team last year who have division one experience who went out there and played really good and then there's the, the the being the same system for two years thing which there's nobody on our defensive board that's had the same system and the same coaches for two straight years you know now there is all these guys are are back and you know there's probably two or three guys that played that weren't coached by our defensive staff last year whether they played or whether they didn't play last year, they were being coached by our staff. And so it, it just it, it makes things a little.
2: Houston quarterback Clayton Toon is in his first season as the full-time starter. Toon threw for 319 yards and two touchdowns in that season-opening victory over Tulane. Yes, he made some mistakes that led to turnovers, but Coach Holgerson said that overall he was pleased with his quarterback's play.
5: Well, the first thing is not getting rattled, right? I mean, he was pretty excited to play. Our whole team was excited to play. We knew it we knew we were gonna have to settle down. I didn't I didn't know we'd give him seventeen points. But anyway, even down 24-21, we had confidence in the locker room, you know, and, and I attribute a lot to that to Clayton. He was not rattled and he he, he just kept playing. You know, the completion percentage ended up being pretty good. He was a drop pass away from four hundred yards and you know, I thought he settled in and played really well. He was in complete control of what was going on. He, he's got to get rid of his bad. The bad can't be that bad. Probably ran the ball a little bit too much for my liking. Uh, some of that was designed. Some of that was just him scrambling around. Got a little too antsy in the pocket. Game one, first live reps, uh, pretty dang good. So I think he's got a chance to continue to improve.
2: That's such an important thing to remember. And granted, it's only one game But in the one game, Houston was tested and passed the test. This is not a team that showed that they will fold with adversity. So this is going to be a game BYU is going to have to play well and play from start to finish because the Houston Cougars, they will not give up. All right, From one quarterback to talking about the other, Coach Holgerson talked about the play of BYU's Zach Wilson as well as his fondness for BYU football.
5: I just he doesn't make mistakes, you know. He, he he's got he's got really good protection. Uh, that old line is experienced and really good. Our D line is going to have their hands full. They 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 start things off with the run game. You know, four and twenty-five both are legit backs that 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 are tough and run hard. And then it looks to me like the relationship he's got with the timing with with those receivers, especially five and eighteen, is pretty good. You know, I'd like to think that we're going to have a good defensive plan and we're going to have, you know, we're going to have something approved to, to go out there to play against one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, but he is he's playing at a high level. I've known about that kid for quite a while and I, I follow BYU always have. Kalani's a great coach and a great dude and you know our our history with BYU from what we are offensively goes way back. I mean, I got plays written up on this board right here that are plays that we got from BYU back 30, 40 years ago. I've been out to Provo and studied their offense, so I've always watched BYU, and we played them in 16 at FedEx Field, and it's the same, it's the same coaches and the same stuff, all the things out there, know, Taysom Hill was their quarterback, and some of these guys that are playing for them on defense, we playing for them back in 2016, we know they're old, we know their experience, uh, but I've always followed them, always watched them, always had a great deal of respect for them.
2: Any defense will tell you that the top priority is always to stop the run. Well, Houston is no different, and Coach Holgerson said that they feel they got valuable experience against Tulane that's going to help them against BYU's ground game.
5: What we did against Tulane is going to help us with BYU. I mean, they're a run-first team too. I mean, they're going to try to ground it out on the. I mean, they shoot. are averaging 550 yards a game. Over 200 a game of it is in the run game. If you get if you're if you're averaging over 200 yards a game rushing, you're trying to run the ball first. So and again, it starts, it starts with them up front, you know, and, and those backs run hard. What we did against Tulane, I think, is going to help us. Being able to get that experience in game one, which is one thing I was worried about, if we're going to be able to be physical in game one when Tulane was coming in here in game four. It, it was something I was concerned about, and I thought we handled that. Hopefully, we can handle it again Friday night. You know, we're going into game two. They're going into game five. If we can hold up physically, I think, I think we'll have a chance to be able to compete.
2: All right, when we come back, we'll check out some other action in college football. There is another game in top 25 college football going on, so we'll update you on that. This is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Final segment of Cougar
2: Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Let's get you caught up on some other scores going on tonight in college football. There is one other game. The third quarter has just ended, and we've mentioned Tulane several times on this pregame show because that's who Houston beat Last week, well, Tulane is hosting number 17 SMU. As I mentioned, the third quarter has just ended, fourth quarter about to begin. The Tulane uh, Green Wave are trailing by three. It is 27 to 27-24 in favor of SMU. It's the only other game going on in the top 25 before our game kicks off. So that game will be immediately followed by BYU and Houston. Uh, games coming up tomorrow, and there were three games... Tomorrow, that have already been postponed. That would be number seven, Oklahoma State and Baylor. Number eight, Cincinnati and Tulsa has been postponed, as well as number ten, Florida and LSU. The morning. Uh, games that will kick things off first tomorrow at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Number one, Clemson at Georgia Tech. Pitt will be at number 13, Miami. Number 15, Auburn on the road at South Carolina. 18th ranked, Tennessee will be hosting the Kentucky Wildcats. Fourth ranked, Notre Dame will host Louisville. Number 11, Texas AM on the road at Mississippi State. Number five, North Carolina, 3 0 on the season. Will be at Florida State. That game kicking off at 5:30 Mountain Time tomorrow at six Mountain. Number three Georgia and number two Alabama. That's the matchup most people are waiting for. And uh, one of the storylines is whether or not Nick Saban is actually going to be able to be at the game and coaching. As most people know, he tested positive for COVID, but he has had enough negative tests where it's at least a possibility that he will be able to attend the game and uh, coach for the Crimson Tide. We will wait to see if he can coach against number three Georgia tomorrow also tomorrow number twenty three virginia Tech uh, hosting Boston College, and that's rounding out your games tomorrow in top 25 college football. Uh, One Major League Baseball game going on. It is the ALCS, game number six. Spoiler alert, if you do not want to know, in three, two, and one, they're in the top of the seventh. Astros with a 6-1 lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. So looking more and more like if the Rays can't come back, there will be a game seven in the ALCS a little bit later on tonight, a little after 7 o'clock. It is game number five between the Braves and the Dodgers. Atlanta looking to close things out in advance to the World Series. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin,
0: BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Satake. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coacher Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas for more Friday Night Lights. As tonight, the top 15 BYU Cougars put their undefeated record. And ever more intriguing postseason hopes on the line with a visit to Houston. It's a clash of the Cougars with a lot on the line. Every game gets bigger and bigger for BYU as this most unique of seasons rolls on and into the Lone Star State tonight. I am Greg Grubel. I'll have your play-by-play call this evening. Joined by the former BYU signal caller, the slinging, scrambling southpaw himself, Riley Nelson. And Riley, it's the the game of the year for BYU. And while it's true that uh, as long as there's a zero in the loss column every game becomes the game of the year right but tonight's contest just feels more momentous two undefeated name teams on a friday night with the national stage more or less to themselves on on espn a heisman buzz quarterback and zach wilson the potential exists to catapult byu into even more rarefied air with a road win here tonight
3: yeah and that rarefied air has to do with you know, the rankings and where they're perceived by their peers, by the writers, by the coaches. I think the challenge tonight, obviously you've got to take care of business and get a win, but when we look at it on the national stage, to me, you've got to get as high as possible before the Big Ten and Pac-12 start their seasons, which is going to be soon because that's going to add more people into the mix. Um, but a-, a win here tonight will certainly get them as high as possible. Then the Pac-12 and Big Ten are going to start, and then the timing will work out such that then they'll have a good challenge against Boise to stay relevant and perhaps climb even further. you got to take care of business, but boy, the, uh, the opportunities before BYU, this football team, and this program are as high as they've been in years.
1: Well, this was originally scheduled as a home game for BYU, but uh, COVID-related reconfigurations turned this into an away game. And it comes on a short week for the Cougs. Uh, BYU played on Saturday, off day Sunday, of course, then uh, three full practice days and on the road to Houston. And Houston last played eight days ago, so the home team has had more time to get ready for this one and for UH. Tonight's game is also a big opportunity. Houston can get to 2-0 with a win over a ranked team and get closer to the top 25 themselves with an upset. After this break, the pregame words of BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. As the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. More BYU football pregame coverage is coming up next, live from Houston, Texas, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: The Cougar pregame game Coaches Show continues once again. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Coming to you from TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas, this is a 40,000-seat venue with an attendance limitation of 25% tonight. So in the neighborhood of uh, 10,000 fans could be in the building for BYU in Houston. And of those, many will be in BYU Blue, and many are already in this stadium in BYU Blue, meaning for the first time this season, The BYU Cougars will be playing in front of spectators in the first four games away at Navy and home versus Troy, Louisiana Tech, and UTSA. They've all been in empty stands. But tonight, cheers will ring out for both teams, and we are thrilled to have those sounds in our ears. Once again, they've been sorely missed. Well, BYU fans, this reminder that when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. With a BYU win tonight, pizza will be 50% off at papajohns.com using the online promo code BYU50, but tomorrow only. And this offer is good at any Utah Papa John's location. For the first time in 12 years, the BYU Cougars undefeated in the middle of October. 4-0 and ranked in the top 15 by both the AP voters and the coaches. And there's talk of the Cougars breaking into the New Year's Six for the first time. Of course, that talk will dissipate if BYU loses even a single game. And it was uh, 12 years ago tonight that 6-0... And nationally ranked BYU came to the state of Texas and came away with its first loss of that season. A blowout setback at TCU that halted BYU's meteoric rise to start that season. Now BYU head coach Kalani Sitake much less concerned about the distant past or even the unpredictable future than he is having his guys play their best game of the season on the biggest stage of the season here tonight.
7: You know, especially with the status that we're in being ranked, uh, it's not going to be a surprise to anybody that we'll probably get everyone's best shot. And I've said this over and over again, that we need to make sure that they get our best shot. And so that's the emphasis. Not sure if UTSA got our best shot last week, but now we have an opportunity to make it better and and improve on last week to this week and looking forward to seeing our guys perform.
1: What are the things, if any, that uh, got refocused on or sharpened up, do you think, uh, since UTSA?
7: Well, minimizing the mistakes is the number one thing. And I think we played pretty disciplined throughout the first three games. When you're in regards to penalties, you know, but I think once you start testing uh, depth and you start um, having different lineups, um, that that tends to slip a little bit, you know. But I think the refocus on trying to uh, block the right way so we don't get holding penalties, hold the ball the right way so we don't give an easy one up, you know, on, on, on ball security. Just those things that those are things that we can address and fix right away, and really doesn't take much other than pure focus. And so our Our energies have been promoting um, doing the little things right, all the focus on the details. Uh, We do that quite often, but I think sometimes uh, when you have new personnel and and different change change in in the lineups, uh, sometimes that could be um, not the main emphasis, which we were able to focus a lot more on this week.
1: You mentioned depth there a little bit. Uh, How does your personnel situation shape up for tonight?
7: Um, we, we're good in some other places. You know, I think we'll get Jake Oldroyd back k- to kicking. We'll have the addition of um, Siona Finals on the trip and, and some others like Keanu Salehaponga is on the trip as well. But I think you Kyris know, um, Tonga not being on the trip is going to hurt our, our depth, uh, that in, c- in combination with Zoe being out for the year. Uh, so you know, it will be a, a great opportunity for young guys to step up, Gabe Summers, Caden Hawes, uh, among others, that will have an opportunity to perform tonight. And, um you know obviously we will miss the leadership that Kyrus brings but uh, I think he he'll tell you more with the other guys that young guys it's time to step up and a great time to answer the call when when the team's depending on you to do your part
1: and you've been playing a lot of guys on the d line already
7: yeah we we knew that 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 our depth would be tested and didn't anticipate covid but that's part of uh, testing our depth and um, a lot of the results aren't not that are hurting our depth aren't a result of covid but um, that is in the mix now and and you know you you prepare yourself for uh testing the depth and you don't like to see it but uh it's comforting knowing that we have guys in, the, in that position and and um we'll see how they, re- they respond this is going to be some really for a lot of these youngsters a uh, uh, more time than they've ever seen on the field mm. but they were able to see some in the navy um La Tech, and you know they're able to play, they'll play. We'll see us some time in in those games, and so hopefully that'll pay off. The, the energy that we put, letting them play mostly the fourth quarter, will pay off now.
1: On the offensive line, uh, James Empey and Tristan Hodge continue their process of getting back. How close are each of those guys?
7: James Empey will be game time. Uh, he did practice this week. It's just a matter of um, you know who who deserves to be on the field the first snap, whether it's him or Joe. Uh, it's still competition, and mm-hmm. and um, also. Depending on how healthy he feels, Tristan. Um, hopefully for next week, we're hoping, but that, not this week. And um, uh, I think that's that covers pretty much those guys. It
1: does. So the Houston Cougars have played just the one game, uh, but man, they put a lot out there in that one game. Uh, so, some things they need to fix with the turnover troubles. But man, when they had the football and were hanging on to it, they were scoring points.
7: Yes, and then, and you're looking at their overall team um, in all three phases. They're dangerous. They can put up points in all three phases. And they can make big plays, and so uh, there's you're right. There's a lot on the film. Uh, sometimes when you're watching just one game, um, you're only watching the first half. This time we watched the whole, all sixty minutes. We we're able to see them face some adversity and bounce back, and we we're able to see uh, things where they they, they need to count on which plays they went to, the personnel they went to, and so I think that's something that's very telling for us on uh, being able to prepare our game plan and our schemes. Uh, in all three phases to get to get an advantage more than one guy
1: to worry about but uh, how special is number five Marquez Stevenson
7: one of the best uh, receivers in the country and he is dynamic not just as a a receiver but uh, they'll find ways to get him the ball fly sweeps reverses Uh, they'll also find ways to get him the ball by punt returns and, and kickoff returns so he's dangerous whenever he touches the ball and we need to be aware of his presence every time he's on the field
1: if you can recall, how much of what Dana Holgerson was doing in 2016 at West Virginia, when you played that team, is the same team you see right now schematically?
7: Very similar, very similar. I think he he uh, does a great job at utilizing his his skill and the, and the talent that he has on the team, and he's well rounded. He can do a lot of different things. He, although he does have an air raid background, his his uh, his commitment to the run game is really important too. And, and and I think that goes to say when you're seeing his use different personnel, different lineups different formations it becomes it becomes a a task for us to handle and we're expecting to see it all so um, they did some things in the first game that we weren't expecting but now now we see it we know that they're very very versatile and flexible could do a lot more
1: finally kalani a big picture question it's a friday night game so a lot of national attention comes on this two teams that people know quite well and and you're ranked in the top 15 how much are 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 the guys and coaches everyone embracing the opportunities that seem to get bigger week to week?
7: I think they're just embracing the opportunity to play and play better than we did last week. And that our focus has not been on rankings or stats or anything like that. I know that that there's enough people to handle that. Greg, you do a great job of doing that, right? But uh, we're going to be focused on trying to perform at our best, which we didn't have an opportunity to do last week and uh, left a lot of plays out there. So we're hoping to, to empty out the, the, the gas tank tonight you know, and try to figure out a way to... to get a get a win and um, if we perform at our best i think we'll be happy with the result
1: i look forward to tonight kalani good to be with you as always good luck to you and the boys and we'll talk to you post game thank you let's go that is BYU head coach kalani sitake let's get now to the homie home field advantage brought to you by homie who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of cougar fans who have your back homie's got your back saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home call it your homie home field advantage and the Cougars hit the road tonight having just completed a perfect 3-0 home stand. And with last Saturday's win over UTSA, the Cougars improved their Lavelle Edwards Stadium win streak to six games. And that ties a new Kalani Sitake-era record for longest home win streak. The Cougars can set a new Sitake-era standard next Saturday home to Texas State. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. And this is BYU football live from TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. And by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the MoBeta's broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas. As tonight, the 13th and 14th ranked BYU Cougars bring their 4-0 record to 1-0 Houston for a clash of the Cougars. It's Friday night football and a true barometer game for BYU. If the Cougars are for real, they can show it here tonight against a team that scored 49 in its season opener last week and could have scored a lot more. But for turnover trouble, this is the Cougar Kickoff Show brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I am Greg Grubel with Riley Nelson here in the broadcast booth. uh, Joining us high above field level are engineer Michael Wimmer and spotter Jared Ivins at field level. It's former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jergens, Mitch reporting for us from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Our team in the BYU Radio Studios featuring host Jason Shepard, engineers Barry Squires and Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, and control board operator Liam Howard. You are listening live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. Our Salt Lake City Over the Air flagship is KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are also on network affiliates in the Intermountain West and globally on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Game Day app, and the KSL apps, as well as on BYU Radio.org and BYU Cougars.com slash live radio. And you can hear broadcast archives and highlights, interviews on the BYU Football podcast and also on the show page at BYU Radio.org under BYU Football. Well, From BYU's first game through its fourth game, uh, the points scored total has gone down in every game, and the points allowed total has gone up in every game, and BYU's penalty number has also gone up in every game. Now, I'm not going to say these are all really troubling trends. BYU is 4-0 after all, but it's worth noting that slippage can happen, especially when BYU was so good to open the season with that 55-3 win at Navy. Now, no one's saying you've got to win every game by 52 points, but last Saturday's UTSA game was a grind, 7-point win, and a much tougher game than I'm sure most Cougars, or anticip- most Cougar fans were anticipating, maybe even the players themselves, and the issues were, were evident early. Opening drive turnover, and just as BYU was about to open the game with a touchdown, O.C. Jeff Grimes told me that he thought the game would have actually gone differently if the Cougs had not given the ball away, but instead scored a touchdown on that first possession. So Riley, last week's game might turn out to be just what BYU needed to refocus this team and reiterate how narrow the margin is when you're not as sharp as you need to be, because BYU's got to be really sharp tonight.
3: Most definitely. That performance last week on this field here tonight, I think BYU's coming out of here with a loss, but the greatest teams take nothing for granted, like the fact that they started last game with to Milne for 20 plus yards or sorry to Gunner for 20 plus yards then to Milne for 20 plus yards and then you know Neil Pau who if he the the guy who forced the fumble barely got a hand on the ball but he had the guy already beat for about a walk-in touchdown you know they don't take for granted the fact that they were about to score within the first three plays on the opening drive the reality is they didn't they turned the ball over and it changed the whole trajectory of that game One of the things that I respect about Houston having prepared and watched their last game is that they are always on the attack. For this BYU team, they cannot just play conservative and avoid mistakes. They're going to have to continue to do that, which they've done well through the first four games, but also they're going to have to match Houston's attacking style by attacking their own both offensively, defensively, and on special teams.
1: He is Riley Nelson. More of the BYU Store. Cougar kickoff show is coming right up. After we tell you that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $250 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our pregame look at BYU and Houston continues from TDECU Stadium right after this. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the MoBetas broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: 4-0 BYU at 1-0 Houston tonight. Third all-time meeting between these two teams. BYU with wins in 2013 and 14. 13 here, 14 back in Provo. The game played here in 2013. Was not at this stadium, which didn't open until the following year. It was at... uh, Reliance Stadium then Reliance Stadium now energy Stadium home of the Houston Texans of the National Football League the home team has played uh, uh, only the one game this season Houston uh, after its entire month of September was wiped out due to COVID cancellations BYU had one September game called off at Army this game tonight was supposed to be in Provo moved to Houston over COVID considerations it's the it's the week-to-week world in which we now live when it comes to sports and sporting schedules, to be sure. Well, BYU's original slate, speaking of which, called for six P5 games. Now there are none, which magnifies the importance of nights like tonight, because Houston is a name people know. And it was last Thursday night when UH was piling up the points on ESPN with head coach Dana Holderson on the sidelines. He's a respected bench boss, people know. He has his team off to a solid start. So it's not a P5 game but a game against a well-regarded G5, and it's on the road. Riley, BYU will have a finite number of chances to make national noise on its schedule, and tonight is definitely one of those chances. If the Cougs, the BYU Cougs, that is, can take advantage of it, the hype and the excitement for this team will only grow over the rest of the month with that November game at Boise State looming ever larger if BYU Take care of business here tonight.
3: Yeah, and I mean, the reality here we are, you know, under 20 minutes to kick off. You just have to let it all hang out on the field. That's the message. Look, the the preparation's been done. All the talk's been done. All the hype at this point is irrelevant. It's about once that ball's kicked off, taking care of business. For us as fans, as we look at this, after this opportunity, you have Texas State and then you have Western Kentucky. Obviously, those games don't have the magnitude and will not garner the attention. Uh, as as this one or that one in Boise. So essentially, you know, you're going to take care of business the next two weeks, but the national people, nobody's going to be tuning in. They're going to kind of forget about you. But if you win here and win those two weeks, you you can hopefully maintain with another opportunity to potentially take a a, a bump up against Boise. But you can't get down that road as a player. Now's the time. You you play the game for opportunities like these, and so the guys sitting in that locker room getting ready for this game, I think are ready to come out and leave it all
1: on the field. Time now for tonight's Hyatt Place comfort zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And right now, is very comfortable on third downs. BYU ranks 15th in third down offense and 6th in third down defense. The Cougars are converting on more than half of their third, a- third down attempts on offense, while opponents are successful on only a quarter of theirs. And Riley, on third and shorts in particular, Tyler Algier is proving to be a reliable option. He can get you the hard yards by the way he runs, which is hard.
3: Yeah, no question. This guy keeps his pads square all the time. What I mean is he's not turning sideways. He's not running lateral. He's north and south to kind of use an old-school uh, terminology to describe him the, he uh, isn't a guy i mean he's he's kind of big he's six feet maybe six one which means that he isn't one of those squatty bodies with a real low pad level but he does run with good pad level and has real good balance but the thing that stands out to me about him is two things one just his natural god-given strength but two he has been taught well to never stop his legs that is rule number one as a running back in short yardage situation is keep those pistons churning and he does as good a job of anyone
1: We've got more of the BYU Store. Cougar kickoff show coming up right after this break. Live from Houston on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar kickoff show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Right to BYU and Houston, kicking it just after the bottom of the hour. Officially, it'll be a 40 past the hour's kick time on ESPN, so a slide to a 40 minutes past the hour here at TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas. Upwards of 10,000 fans will be in the stands with this venue limited to 25% capacity, and it seats 40. But for BYU, it'll be its first chance this season to hear supporters live and in person. And, and even though we're on the road, There's a lot of BYU fans in the stands, and they will be heard. We look forward to hearing them on our crowd mic throughout the night tonight, and BYU will feel it as well. And I think Houston, too, might be surprised by just uh, the composition of the crowd tonight. Looking out during pregame, lots of BYU blue in the stands. Uh, opposite us here at the TDECU Stadium. Well, tonight could be the night that BYU gets some notable bodies back. Uh, among them, Sioni Finel, the running back who led BYU in rushing last year, is dressed and is on this trip. Uh, James Empey is dressed, may not start. Uh, Keanu Saliapanga Sal- Sal- is back in the mix after making his return. Place kicker Jake Oldroyd, good to go after missing last week. Uh, Tristan Hodge won't play tonight, but uh, hopefully is not too far behind the rest of those guys. Riley, it's nice to be bolstering some of your personnel situation, particularly in the backfield, Finau, after all, was BYU's rushing leader last season, albeit in relatively uh, small number of games. But when you add Sione Finau to Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa, well, you've got a really good thing going now.
3: Kalani talked about it in your, inter- in your pregame interview with him, the importance of depth. So it never hurts to get a quality player back at such an important position group. The thing I like about the addition of Finale is you've got now three players with three unique strengths. None of them are, are duplicates or redundant of one another. you got Lopini, who's great in the pass and screen game. you got Algiers, who we just talked about, is a thunderous runner who's great in short-down situations. And then Finale, at least in the small sample size that we got to watch him play last year, is a great slashing back that might be the lightning to Algiers' thunder. So uh, interested to see how they use him. They might, I think they might kind of wade him back into the waters as he is coming off a serious injury as an ACL recovery but uh whatever touches he gets tonight i'll be intrigued to see and i think it will help the cougars in their already potent rushing rushing attack so
1: that's a help in the rush attack not helping rush defense is the absence of kairos tonga tonight
3: yeah so dana holgerson comes from the air raid but he is not one that uh, completely abandons the rush game like maybe a mike leach will do throwing it 60 65 70 times a game if the opportunity is there to run the game, if they feel like they have good personnel and good numbers advantages, Houston will commit and run the, and run the ball. Uh, they have good backs. They don't have any great backs, but they have good backs, and their offensive line is decent up front. So if they deem that to be, or if it shows in the early goings that, BY, that, that the absence of Kyris has exposed a weakness in the heart of that defensive line,
1: I think it will definitely be something that Houston tries to exploit. All right, after this, it is down to field level to hear from Mitchell Juergens, Houston's own Mitchell Juergens, as the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg right All
1: right, the BYU in Houston, moments away on a uh, what was a cool, wet day here in South Texas. Uh, right now, though, it's in the low 60s after a day spent in the 50s with uh, rain throughout much of the day today. But the uh, forecast for tonight is for low 60s before it goes back to the 80s tomorrow. Let's pause and bring in the sounds of our national anthem here at TDECU Stadium. A pregame look at BYU and UH continuing. Uh, Zach Wilson getting a ton of much-deserved attention for how he's throwing the ball. His completion rate leads the nation. He's third in pass efficiency, top 10 in passing yards per game in total offense. But he's also fifth nationally in rushing touchdowns not just for quarterbacks, but for all players. He has six rushing scores in four games. Now Riley is someone who uh, ran the ball from the QB spot as well as any mobile BYU signal caller ever. You have a great perspective on not only how well he runs, but uh, how he and the coaches determine how often he runs. Clearly, he's athletic enough to be a true dual threat, but that's not totally in this team's best interest, I don't think. Uh, Jeff Grimes wants him to be a thrower, who can run when needed.
3: Yeah, the majority of these touchdowns have come from a zone read play, which has proven to be a great goal line play for B. Whites. For, for those who are probably familiar with it, but you hang a defensive end and the quarterback puts the belly in the running back's back, watches the defensive end. If he commits down the line to the running back, you pull it and essentially walk in, which Zach has actually done a couple times, walked across the finish line. There's been, uh, I believe, two uh, different QB sneak scenarios where they've had the ball inside the one and just he's gotten you know, he's gotten behind the momentum of the guard, center guard, and, and they're pushed forward. And then and lastly there have been a couple and I think this is to the coaching of both Grimes and Coach Roderick down in the red zone you got to take every advantage of each one of those opportunities and the, including the quarterback trying to scramble in to convert into a touchdown he, so all three of those have provided ample opportunities without him taking any significant hits that put his health at risk so it's been a nice addition to the Cougar red zone package.
1: Now down to the sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life Zions Bank is for you and Mitch tonight's game the third all-time get-together between BYU and Houston, which is your hometown team. These two sets of Cougars have some history, and, and so do you in the series.
6: Yeah, Greg, this is my matchup right here. You know, hometown Cougars taking on my BYU Cougars. Honestly, can't get better than this. And and the, what I love about this game is it brought me home. You know, got to spend some time with my family, golfed with my twin brother Garrett my dad. And, you know, it's been a great weekend so far. Uh, but, I mean, to your point, Greg, yes, these previous matchups, you know, I got to play in the win against Houston in Provo in 2014 against a few of my high school teammates who were on that Houston roster. Um, and then my brother-in-law, Skyler Ridley, he actually caught the game. Winner in 2013 from Taysom Hill in the in the back and forth thriller um, in Houston, and so you know even though it's not an extensive history with this being just the third matchup between these two teams, both games prior have been high scoring and they've come down to BYU making a play late in the fourth quarter, and I expect nothing less here in Houston. Uh, fans are in the stands, the energy's rocking. I'm seeing a lot of blue in the stadium. Yeah. There might be more blue than red um, here in the stadium, so the energy is going to be felt. Honestly. Can't wait uh, for a few more minutes
1: until kickoff. Be a great time tonight. Thank you, Mitchell. Coming up next, Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and our opening kickoff. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.